0: Okay, time to be moving in here. Stuff coming in here, but uh, maybe we ought to get started. <clears throat> all right, shall we all rise to our feet for prayer? <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you that we have this day again with the sun shining outside listening to the preaching of the word, hour after hour, lifting our voices and singing, great fellowship, and here we are again, opening the word of God and have you speak to us. God, we do ask in Jesus' name that you would continue to abide and be here. Lord, it's with confidence that we come before you knowing that you have been speaking to us, and even now we ask that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, you know the needs of every young man and young lady that's in this place. You know that need, and I would ask, Lord, that when they leave on Sunday or Monday, whenever they leave to go home, we just ask in Jesus' name that those needs could be met. So Father, as I share the things that you've given me today and this evening, uh, Brother Dale, I just ask that somehow you would come by your Holy Spirit and reach out and touch, illuminate the eyes and give understanding and help us all to take another step. Thank you for your presence. Lord, please help me to have clear thoughts, be able to communicate, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I would like to share this afternoon concerning the character of Jesus. Jesus. When I consider Jesus, There is so many, many, many directions that we could go, right? (laughs) seems like the Bible is full. It's full of prophecies. It's full of of, uh, stories of what Jesus did and what he preached when he was here on the earth. I like to begin by just reading in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 it says and the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him this is a prophecy spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the lord and shall make him quick of quick understanding In the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. If you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 4, I want to read another verse. Luke chapter 4. We want to read in verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. It says he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. Jesus, when he came here on the earth, he came to bring liberty and freedom to every man and every woman here on the earth. Right? He came to bring freedom. And as I was considering what to share I realize that there are many of you, and I'd like to just suggest that there are many of you sitting here today that maybe came to to this Bible school because you you knew you have some needs. You came because you know you have some needs and you're not sure how to get beyond them. And all of us are at various places with all that. But I'd like to suggest that the Lord came to bring us to complete freedom. There's so many things that that we face from family to family, from individual to individual. And there's many of us that never get on the other side and we continue to struggle for the rest of our lives. I'd like to suggest that many people do. Maybe we get converted, and then there's a life of struggling, a life of defeat. But Jesus came to sort of hit the reset button. When Jesus came, Jesus said words like this. He said, uh, concerning the woman, um, or concerning divorce and remarriage, he said, It needs to be how it was in the beginning. You know, back before Adam and Eve, or back with Adam and Eve, how it was before the fall where there was a freedom between us and God and a complete liberty. He said, I want to bring you to that place. I want to take away all the bondages, all the things that hold you back, and I want to bring you back in full fellowship with God. He said, I'd like to just name a number of things that I know, I know that there are various of you that are sitting here this afternoon and you're struggling with this, okay? And I have a whole list. And I'd like for you to listen carefully There are some of you that are struggling here this afternoon. You're sitting here and you know that you don't have peace with God. There are some of you that are are sitting here this afternoon and you know you don't have peace with God. and You're not sure how to get it. Maybe you look back and there was a time when you had peace. And you want it again. I'd like to suggest that God would want to bring you to the place where you have peace again. And there's some of you that are sitting here that don't have peace with God. There are some of you that are sitting here that are struggling with relationships. There are some of you that are struggling. Um, There's maybe some sisters in the church. Uh, and they did something to you that was sort of crude and sort of very rude, disrespectful, and it was hurtful. And that relationship was severed. And today, those relationships have not come back together. And so you're struggling with that. Maybe it is with your parents. Maybe it is with, you know, with uh, some family members Maybe it is with someone in church, but you sit here today and that has not come together. It's gone apart. There's, there's some of you sitting here this afternoon that struggle with that. I know there is. There's some of you sitting here this afternoon that you question are my sins all washed away? Okay? Oh, you struggle with that. Uh, You know, back whenever, uh, you know, maybe when you got converted, you know they were all washed away. But today, you sit there, and you struggle. You ask the question, well, are they all gone? And you're not sure. You're not sure. See, Jesus came, in, in, in all these things that I'm mentioning, Jesus came to bring you to the place where everything is restored. Or there's total peace and harmony just like it was before the fall with Adam and Eve. Complete harmony. That's why he came. But there's some of you that aren't sure if your sins are all washed away. There's some of you here that struggle with tremendous fear. Fear? Maybe laying on your bed at night. And your mind goes and goes and there's this overwhelming fear that settles in your heart. And there's some of you here that struggle with that. There's some of you here that struggle with condemnation and an oversensitive conscience. Are there some of you that you just struggle? You have a conversation with someone and they ask you a question and you respond back and afterwards you're, you're asking yourself the question, did I say the truth? Do I have to go back and, and, and tell them I'm sorry? And, and you talk with someone else and it's the same story. And you, and you do what your parents tell you to do and it's just this big roller coaster cycle. And you're oversensitive. There's some of you here that struggle with that. There's maybe some here who struggle in asking the question to yourself, have I, have I, have I committed the unpardonable sin of blaspheming the Holy Ghost? We know that the Word of God says that if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, that that is one sin that will never, ever be forgiven. We know that. And there might be some here who struggle with that, asking yourself the question, have I ever done that? And it plagues you. It's not just a passing question, but it plagues you. It's something that you're plagued with. There's some here who have committed some sins. And you have tried to go back and confess them But there's still a guilt in your heart, and you're not sure whether, uh, why that guilt's still there, and you struggle with that. There's some of you that have issues with anger. Issues with anger. You know, maybe not as bad as others, but you struggle with anger. You struggle with a thing. Wanting to rise up on the inside and 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 it's you know and it becomes and it comes to the place where it's sort of almost out of control. And you know that God is not pleased with the with your responses and how that anger and frustration rises inside of you. <clears throat> you know that. There's some of you who have become bitter with your lot. In life, it seems like there's so many things that have just come my way, and it, you know, and that bucket just gets poured out on me, and and it just crushes me and crushes me, and I get discouraged. and And why am I always the one? Why am I always the one that that gets to? You know, why am I always the one that has a raw end of the deal? There's some of you sitting there who just there's this frustration because it seems like. I'm always a bad guy. There are some of you sitting here like that. Why is it that life just dishes out all these bad things to me while everyone else is fine? Why is it that, or maybe I'll, I'll say it this way, there are some here sitting this afternoon that really struggle with moral failure or sexual sins. And you have endeavored to find victory, and yet you're still here today, and you can't say that I'm walking in victory. You're one of those that just, you still, you want to get there. You desire, but you can't say that that's where I'm at. There are some here who have faced tremendous rejection from friends, from family, from whoever it might be, and you're just crawling into your little hole, and that's where you find yourself. There are some here who are carrying grudges against siblings grudges against family members, grudges against people in the church. And I'd like to just, just <laughs> tell you all that, you know, you might have one or two of those. And maybe you find yourself where you're at the place of walking in, in freedom and victory. I would like to just suggest that if you find yourself with any one of those that Jesus, <laughs> our character Jesus, has come to bring you to the other side and you don't have to live in those things that you're living in. Can I suggest that? Okay? I'd like to just, I'd like to just tell you, um, you know, you've struggled and struggled and you've tried to get on the other side. And this afternoon, I'm just going to take a handful of these things that, uh, that I've mentioned. And I'd like to just help you see how you scripturally walk through that. I'd like to do that. But I don't have time to cover all of those. And, and maybe there's others. There's probably others too. But I would like to just suggest that many of you here have struggled and struggled and have not gotten on the other side... And have come to the place where you've almost sort of given up. You've sort of laid things. uh, Yes, you found salvation through Jesus. And yes, you've made progress. And even coming to Bible school here, it's given you some fresh courage. But I would like to just suggest to you, (laughs) youth here, it's very possible for all of us to come to the place where we come on the other side. That's Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to just give us a little ticket so we could go to heaven, but he came to help us so that we could in our personal lives move forward and come to the other side where we can walk in a place of freedom, in a place of fellowship, in a place where, where there can be uh, an assurance in our hearts that things are all clear between God and I. I'd like to just encourage you with that. Okay. So I'd like to just talk about maybe fear in the beginning here. And not everyone struggles with fear. But I have a number of, of these things here that I, I just like to consider. Because it's a very real thing, <clears throat> There's many, many young people that are afraid to go outside the house by themselves after dark, right? (laughs) There's a fear. Why is there a fear? There's a fear to go outside and and walk across the yard to the back end where everything's dark and there's no lights. There's a fear there. And that's fairly normal. And that's not necessarily sinful. But there are others who have fear like way beyond just that type of fear. There's some that struggle. They lay in their bed at night and they panic. And if certain situations come up, there's a fear that grips their hearts that, uh, that simply paralyzes, paralyzing. And you might be one of those here today. That you have that type of fear that just simply grips you. And you ask the question how can I ever get on the other side where I can have a rest and a peace in my heart? Where where this fear that I have doesn't just plague me and drag me down. How can I get to that place? How can I get to the place where I don't have the uncontrollable fear? Uh, First of all, I'd like for us to just consider what Jesus experienced. Jesus, when he was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was with the disciples there, and then it says that he went apart, and he prayed, and there he was, And as he looked into the future in his all-knowing understanding, he he knew that he was going to be put on the cross. In another day, he was going to hang on the cross. And as he looked ahead and as he prayed to God, it says that uh, there was sweat drops like blood ran off of his face. And it says that there was an agony, there was an agony that he faced there as he looked into the future and he realized, I'm gonna be the one that's gonna have nails in my hands and I'm gonna be the one that's gonna hang there. And in order to even get my breath, I'm gonna need to push myself up in order to just get a breath and the awful pain. And as he, as he looked at that and he realized it, there was an agony upon him. I'd like to just ask a question, was that fear? Or was that fear? Well, you answer the question. Uh, there, it was possibly a form of fear. I'd like to suggest that there are uh, some of those things that we look at and we say, fear in itself is sin. And because we view it as sin, it actually controls us even more and it separates us from God because we (laughs) have a wrong view. I like to suggest that there are aspects of fear that are normal. i like to just suggest that there are aspects of fear that are normal. If that would have been sin, then Jesus would not be a sinless man. It doesn't say that that was fear, but I would like to suggest that there was a form of fear. I'd like for us, us to also consider <clears throat> Uh, Scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Uh, Perfect love just gets rid of fear. Uh, I I want to tell you a little story. Uh, This past summer, this past summer, I have a little four-year-old son. He's four now, he was three then. And... And a number of us were out uh, moving our cows. And one of our cows had a calf. And so when cows have calves, they're on edge. Not only was this cow on edge, she was actually mad. Okay? We needed to move around. We put her in the corral. And she was so mad we'd put a gate in front, and she'd come and she'd charge the gate. And some of the younger ones were standing outside, and we needed to move her. And as we moved in there to, and to move this cow, all the younger ones standing on the outside in the safety also got the sense of urgency, the sense of a bit of fear, and guess what my three-year-old did? He literally came, and he crawled up the gate and was coming right into the corral right with us. And he, he wanted to join Dad. You know what he was doing? He was coming. He wanted Dad. Perfect love casts out fear. Right? He had no rational thinking of his surroundings. (laughs) He just, I want dad. Okay. I'd like to suggest that when those fears come, fear in itself is not sin. But fear is one of those regular emotions that come and sometimes it can be overwhelming and we don't know how to deal with it. But it's one of those things that we can come to God and just trust him. Because he'll take care of us. Consider with me, uh, we have this view that God will take care of us, right? But what happens in some of these more difficult situations, what happens when uh, I prayed and somehow as I was praying, as I was praying, some horrible things still happened to me. Where was God? Where was God? It wasn't God there. Huh? Wasn't God there? Well, where was God? You, I see people struggle with this, right? Where was God? i like to suggest that God never leaves us nor forsakes us, but he never said that when he is with us that bad things wouldn't happen to us. Okay? Sometimes bad things happen to us. And when these bad things happen to us, he's still there. And just like my son Caleb came and he hugged me and he embraced me. He, I'm with Dad. He's with me. He'll take care of me. In the same way, when bad things happen and our fear comes up here, God is still there. He never said that bad things would not happen in our life. I like to just suggest some fear is a normal thing. But it should not be the uncontrollable fear. The uncontrollable fear, those are things that we need to move forward in faith. Perfect love casts out fear. <clears> 1 <throat> Peter 5 verse 7 also says, "'Casting your, all your cares upon him.'" for he careth for you. Hebrew 13, 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is our helper. Okay, do you you get the point? Uh, What I'm trying to say is some fear, or fear in itself is not sin. When those uncontrollable things come, they do sometimes. That's when we just simply need to draw close to God. He is there, and we need to put our confidence and trust in him. Even when it hurts, even when bad things happen to me, it came because of sin, because of Adam's fall, death passed on all men. So we all experience bad things from time to time. Here's another one. Anger. How do I overcome anger? Or is anger ever okay? Is anger ever okay? I've heard people sit in front of me and tell me that there's a righteous anger and there's a wrong anger. And God is, you know, but Scripture says that uh, That God gets, or God is angry at the wicked every day. So there is a righteous anger. But I'd like for us to just consider um, James 1, verse 20 says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I'd like to suggest that wrath, anger, is sin. And the reason that we don't find victory over it is because we don't recognize it as sin. The reason we don't overcome is because we don't recognize it as sin. And we justify it. And we think that I'm not in control. Let me give you a little scenario. Here's 21-year-old Fred. Fred. And he feels like I've tried to overcome anger. And it just, it's out of my control. I can't control myself. So one day, one day, he comes down the stairway on a Saturday morning. And dad says, son, why did you come home so late last night? Why did you come home so late? And. Blares up, flies off the handle, and says, well, there's all these other reasons. You know, they had, they had volleyball, and they had all these other things going, you know, you know why are you always nagging me? And in, and, and in the middle of his angry tone of voice, there's a knock on the door. Mom goes over and opens the door, and there stands Tina. And Tina is the one that he was considering asking for marriage. Tina walks in the door. Do you think he's controlled right then? He is, right? All of a sudden, oh, hi there. I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> okay. okay, do you get the point? We make all kinds of excuses, <clears throat> but anger is sin. Anger sin. Anger is sin. <clears throat> and I'd li- also like to say that beyond that, there is this rise in our spirit, and I don't know where all those lines are, and I'm going to leave that with you, okay? but there's this rise in our spirit that we sense and everyone in the room knows, oh, don't you touch him. You know what I mean? I like to suggest that that, that rise in the spirit when everyone knows that you can't touch him right now, I like to suggest that that's sin too. And it's easy to call it frustration. It's easy to call it this or that. <clears throat> uh, you know, ain't you no know, sisters. You know what my wife does? She just gathers all the children together. She Says, "Come over here. I'm sorry. I was frustrated. I'm sorry. Let's pray. We pray." The whole family uh, forgives mom. Everything's fine. Do you follow? And young man, you're on the job and something goes wrong. And this thing flares up inside of you. You go, God, you know, maybe you're still working, but you're praying. God, I'm sorry that I became angry and frustrated. Would you please help me? To just calm my spirit, it wasn't right. And Lord, you know, and you have someone that you actually start praying for. I have found it, young men, I found it very, very uh, helpful for me when I face anger, frustration, or temptation to just simply uh, start praying for either for myself or for, or for someone else, just right then. The reason we don't get victory in those areas is because. We excuse it, and we let it unfold. And afterward, we look back and say, hmm, well, I got angry. Oh, well, we know it right then, right? We know that. But it's our pride that we're not honest about it. It's our pride that we're not honest about it. The wrath of God worketh not the righteousness of God. Here's another one lust and immoral struggles. <clears throat> lust and immoral struggles. <clears throat> there's all kinds of, or there's all forms of this sin. <clears throat> now, for you sisters, There's all forms of this sin for you men. I'd like to just tell you a little story. I went to church with a girl. She was about a year older than I was. And she was a fairly likable girl. And, And we went to church together. Some time passed and we didn't go to the same church but i heard that when there was youth gatherings she's the one that would stand in the dark corners with some boys <clears throat> and i as time went on i heard it was more than just standing in the dark corners Time went on. She got married. And time went on, and I heard that she was involved with other men. Outside of her marriage, I heard that. And oh. As time progressed, these things were horrifying to me. I knew her well. Our family spent time with their family. I knew this girl really well. And some time went on, and a horrible thing happened in our community. 20 minutes 15, 20 minutes from where we live. One morning, there was a lady laying in her bed, and her children were still sleeping. And her husband went up to the lake to fish. And the children came into the bedroom to find mom, only to find her laying in bed, and there was a bullet in her head. An awful tragedy for the community. An awful tragedy. We all wondered what in the world took place. We did know, we did know that this was at the house of the man that was involved with this girl. Some time later, there was an arrest. And would you know this lady, this this lady, my age, she was arrested as one of the suspects, as the primary suspect that put a bullet to that lady's head. And I sit here and I remember way back as a girl growing up. I knew her. And I knew when some of these things started to develop. And lust, when it has conceived, brings forth sin. And sin, when it has conceived, brings forth death. And she's in jail to this day. I'd like for us to just consider that the things that we think, really, they aren't all that big. They're sins, and sins separate us from God. I'd like to just have us consider that there's many things. There's porn. There's all kinds of shapes of immorality and, you know, you know, the whole thing. I would like to suggest that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he came down here with the intent to help every one of us Get on the other side to where there's this fellowship between God and I. Get to the place where there's this freedom, to where we have victory, where we have consistent victory in all these moral areas of our life. And we're we're not just just hanging in there, and just muddling in there, but, but we've moved to where there's consistent victory in our life. That's the will of God. Well, how do I get there? Areas of moral issues. Moral issues are the kind of things that many people just put underneath the carpet. And a lot of people don't find out, but it goes underneath the carpet and it's hush i like to suggest if we'd like to move forward and find freedom in in these areas, we're going to need to start opening our mouth and sharing and get these things out on the table. Confess. Confess. Bring it to the light. Uh, And it starts maybe with your parents or your leaders in the church. And you just come to them and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, I'm I'm not finding victory. I'm going to need your help. I I need to take another step because what I have been doing hasn't been working somehow. I'd like to just encourage us, there's so much freedom on the other side. We don't need to come to the place where where this girl was, where there's all these horrible things happen. We can nip these things in the bud. Nip these things when it starts. I'd like to just tell you that we all face them. We all face them. We all face various temptations. Right? I do. I do. I'll be the first to admit that this week, while I was driving back to my little house, my little house, you know, There's some thoughts that came plaguing my mind. And I cried out to God and I said, God, this is shameful. These are shameful thoughts. God, would you please deliver me? And I chose to start praying, and those thoughts went away. But guess what? A day later, they were there again. And I again cried out to God and said, God, This is a horrible, shameful thing. Come and deliver me. And of course, they were gone again. And I haven't been plagued since. But I like to just tell you, we all get plagued with various things. We all do. We're all mortal beings. We all do. But we're going to need to take responsibility, personal responsibility, for the things that come our way. And they're going to be different for each one of us. Different for the girls, different for the boys, different between different boys. Uh, But we're all, it's very real. I like to just tell you that Jesus came to, to help us come to the other side where we have that sweet peace and fellowship and everything is clear between us and God. And we're not wallowing in sin. When those thoughts come, that is not, that's a temptation, it is not sin. But when we start allowing that to brew in our mind and we, and we allow those things to just uh, you know, be there and we think about it, that's sin. <clears throat> we have control over our minds. We do. We can control the thoughts that are in our mind. And we can specifically choose to think something else. By the grace and power of God, we have that ability. <clears throat> John 3, verse 19 says, And this is condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light that his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Sometimes we're embarrassed about ourselves because we think we should be stronger. I've had young men come to me and he and, and tell me, I'm embarrassed. I feel I should be stronger. You know, why if this comes, why why can't I just be strong enough to just say no? Well, oh, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, flee. <laughs> Run away. We're not strong enough. We aren't. We aren't. These, these things that come our way, we're not strong enough. We need to flee. We need to run away. <clears throat> I'm not going to go into all the detail of how to get free, but you go open up to your parents. And if you need more help, you go to the leaders of your church. They'll help you walk through those things. But I encourage you, move in that direction. That's why Jesus came. Here's another one. We struggle with this thing. I've had quite a few, especially those with a more sensitive conscience, come and ask the question, have I committed the unpardonable sin? Have I? So I don't want to, but I'm not sure if I have or not. I'd like to just tell you the simple answer. The simple answer is, if you still have a desire to serve God, then you have not committed it. You have not committed it. Now, let me tell you a little story. There's a man in our community, and I went to school with his children. And his children, they were a little bit younger than I was, but we were in the same school. And this brother, he was a brother. He was a pastor in a local Mennonite church. <clears throat> and for various reasons, the church was in a pretty major turmoil. In a very major turmoil. And time came when he, one Sunday morning, without any warning... He got up in front of the church and said, I'm resigning. He said, I'm resigning. I'm going to lay my responsibilities down. I'm not planning to leave the church, but I'm laying my responsibilities down. In the middle of all this, he had a very prospering business. His business was prospering, and he he was making lots of money. Anyhow, he laid that down. But he was very obvious that he was just tired of it all. He was tired of the fight. He was tired of just having to press into it. And he just laid it down. Well, some time went on, and the first thing we knew, we heard that he quit going to church. His wife and children still went to church. The ones I went to school with, they were still going to church. They were faithful. And time went on, and I heard that he purchased a bar. And time went on, and I heard that he was involved, and he actually left his wife and got married to another lady. And time went on, and I I didn't see him for quite a number of years. But I remember one morning that I went into a place of business, and there he was. I hadn't seen him for eight, ten years. And as I walked in, of course, he recognized me and I went and I shook his hand. And as I shook his hand, you know, he was, uh, he had been laughing and joking with the guy where I walked into the place of business. But as I heard him laugh, I would like to tell you that what I heard scared me in my shoes. There was a, a cold, Laugh like I had never heard before. Just a a cold, godless laugh. And I came away from that meeting with him after talking with him a while, I came away with a question. And I looked at that scripture, and I wonder, I wonder, is God even drawing him? Because he was, you could tell he was so far away from God. And I knew this man earlier, he loved God, he preached the gospel, he was clearly converted, he had a heart after God. People came from far and near to listen to him preach. He was a powerful man. But there he was, and I listened to that cold laugh. And I just told my wife, I wonder whether that's happened to him. And a couple years later, One night, on the way home from a bar, slammed into a tree. It was gone. All that to say, I would like to just simply say, if the Lord is drawing you, you don't have to be afraid that you have blasphemed the Holy Ghost. You haven't. You haven't. Blaspheming the Holy Ghost is when you tell the Holy Ghost to leave or you resist him for so long that he finally turns his back. Like it says in Hebrews that if you've tasted of the good word of life, it's impossible to renew you again unto repentance. And I don't know where all those lines are, but it was very clear that there was no more desire there. If you have a desire, you don't have to be afraid. You can just come and repent move forward. Here's another one. An oversensitive conscience. An oversensitive conscience. There are those here. There are those here sitting here, and and, and you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> it's just this cycle, and it's a vicious cycle. And we've helped a number of our children, and my wife went through it as well. <clears throat> when we got married, she majorly struggled with it all. It's just this vicious cycle, you know? It, you know how it goes. you know someone asks you the question and and you answer and then you're not sure if if you really said it just right. And so you're trying to figure out if you need to go back and, and confess it and then you know and it, it puts such a fear in you don't even want to talk uh, and and it can come to uh, to where if someone gives you instruction to uh, to clean the kitchen, you know you go and you clean and clean and clean and And, you know, and then it's like, well, you know, you're not sure if you cleaned it right. And, you know, and if someone asks you the question, you, uh, you know, you answer indirectly all those kind of things. And it becomes a bondage. You know what I'm talking about? There's many that face those things. Now, Let me just give you a couple simple things for us to consider. For those of us who are facing some of these things. Jesus would like to come and bring you to the other side. Um, It's very possible. You don't have to continue struggling. In all of these things, I like to just lift up the word of God and just say, this word of God has the answer for all of our troubles and all of our struggles. And we need to just simply move forward. Find what God wants us to do, and move forward, take a step forward in faith in these areas. Here's here's a couple um, quick ones here. The Holy Ghost always speaks to us in a still, small voice, and it's very specific. Okay? He's always very specific. He will say, Mark, that was a wrong attitude. Then I knew what it was. It's not, Mark, it might have been a wrong attitude. It, we know <laughs> there's a very specific laying his finger. Or it'll be, Mark, that was anger. Mark, you weren't considerate. It's very specific. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks, is always very specific. Now, This is what happens when, uh, when we face these things, there's almost always confusion. Does confusion come from God? No. OK, so if this thing comes your way and you're trying to figure out, do we need to go back? Don't I? You know, did I say it right or, or didn't I? Oh, that's confusion, right? And where does confusion come from? Confusion always comes from the adversary. But here's where it catches us. Often, there's a little bit of truth with what was said. Half truth and half lie, okay? And that brings the confusion. That's why the confusion is. I would like to suggest that we need to start doing what Jesus did when the devil came to him. Okay? When the devil came to Jesus, there was even some truth to what he said, but Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay? Now, we're scared to do that. Many times we're scared to do that because there was a portion of truth there. With that portion of truth there, we're afraid to just throw it away. This is what I would encourage you to do. If it's confusion, you need to recognize that this was clearly from Satan and not from God. And therefore, you just cast it away. You throw it away. You throw it in the cornfield. Satan, get thee behind me. And then you open your heart to God and say, God... That was clearly from Satan, because that was confusing. But if you want to tell me something about that, I'm open to you, God. Okay? Do you see the difference? But a decision has to be made to do that. Many times it's hard for us, because we're in this circle, and we're scared to just throw it away. But we have to come to the place where we can clearly identify, this is from God, and this is from Satan. Is it the Holy Ghost speaking? or is it confusion? If, 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 it's, if it's confusion, we have to make that decision to throw it away. And if we throw it away, then we can be open to God. Now <clears throat> turn with me in, in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to show you a couple verses. Second Corinthians chapter 10, Verse 3, this is what it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now listen to verse 5. Casting down imaginations. Oh, you know, what was that? All that confusion, wasn't that an imagination? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. See, all these things, you know, you know, that whole cycle thing, that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. It's not from God. It's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And then it says... <clears throat> and bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. Okay? So it means that us youth here, me too, okay? Us youth, we have a responsibility. All the thoughts that come into our minds, we have a responsibility to control them and bring them unto the obedience of of Jesus Christ. And if it's not under the obedience of Christ, we need to get rid of it. Even, if it. even if it has some truth with it, we need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of it <laughs> and open ourselves to God and say, God, I'm open to you. But that was confusion, so that's definitely from the devil, and I won't listen to it. And you push it out. I'd like to suggest that the reason that we don't throw it out is because we're afraid that it's God. But we have to establish clear lines. If it's confusion, it has to go. If it's very specific and clear, then it's from God, and we open ourselves to it. Jesus came to help us move to a place of victory, a place of freedom, a place where we move forward, and, and there's there's, you know, we're not wallowing in confusion, we're not wallowing in sin. We're walking with God. We're walking in faith. Um, we're walking and we have confidence that somehow. I'm not sure how God's going to help me through this, but I'm just going to put my faith and my confidence in him, and he will help me. He'll help me. I know he will. I mean, he opened up the Red Sea. He took the children of Israel through there on dry land. If he could do that, he's going to help me too, right? Well, I need to just, I'll just tell you all something. Faith, I believe faith, simply believing in God and just trusting him and just putting our confidence in him is something that we greatly lack. Okay? Let me just give you a simple illustration. I had gotten my messages ready for this week. Okay? Okay? And if I say got them ready, eh, quarter, half of them, halfway through, and I had decided what I wanted for each day. And guess what? Uh, the one for today, I wasn't sure about, but I thought. Okay? And so I knew, I knew that I needed to spend more time in preparation for today. Okay? So I was planning to do that. So last night uh, during the service, I left early, okay? Went back because I was going to study for a number of hours last night and this this morning. And and by the way, I had a meeting this morning at at 8 o'clock, so I knew that I needed to have time last night because I wasn't going to have as much this morning. So guess what? I get a phone call, and there's a brother that wanted some, help and assistance, so I came back, and guess what? I came back home at 11 o'clock. Okay. Now, I'm trying to decide, am I going to continue with what I was going to? And last night I sat down, and I prayed, and I looked at the little that I had gotten ready, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And it just seemed like there's a block there. I couldn't go on. So I was like, "Well, obviously the Lord wants me to do something else." But I didn't know what, okay? And guess what? I felt that, you know, you know, you know, the things that we're talking about here. I felt that rising in me that, you know, what am I gonna do? You know, uh, you know, I was extra tired last night too, and I needed some sleep. So, so. <coughs> But you know what? I told the Lord, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do here, but I'm just going to trust you. I know that I've done. I, I know that I've done, and I'm doing everything I can, and I know you'll take care of me. So I'm just going to trust you. Okay? So I crawl into bed. I didn't know what I was going to preach yet for sure today. Okay? But I decided, I don't have to worry and fret. If the Lord opened the Red Sea, sure, this is a piece of cake for him, right? And that's how I felt. I I just decided, I'm just going to give it to him. I get up in the morning, and I still wasn't sure. And I sat, and I considered, and I prayed, walked around. guess what? I got a phone call and it was, it was one of my brothers, you know, that's checking up on me and he said, hey, how's it going? I said, oh, I really need prayer right now. And so we prayed. Guess what? While we were praying, all of a sudden, there it was. I knew what I was going to share. Okay. And so, but I didn't have anything ready and it was, it was very soon time to go to my meeting, okay? But okay, I'm just I'm just giving you this example, okay? I'm just telling you that all these things, this anger, these all these, these all these roller coasters that we face, what I'm trying to communicate with you is God wants us to come to the place where we just trust Him. Somehow. Whatever I need to do to get on the other side, he's going to help me. And if I need to go to, to my parents for help to get on the other side, I'll do that. If I need to go to the elders of the church and say, I, I just can't find victory in this area, I need help with it. Uh, you know, but I mean, you're embracing, you're saying, that's what scripture says, so there has to be a way to get on the other side. So I'm just trusting God. I'm moving forward. I mean, somehow those waters are going to part. If I move forward in faith, you know, those waters are going to part. They will. I mean, you know, it will. (laughs) But you know what happens? Too often we sort of shrink back and we muddle in it. Okay, that's defeat. That's the point. If I could somehow this afternoon, encourage you, don't just muddle. (laughs) Don't just muddle. If there's a struggle, whatever it might be, the Bible has the answers. If you can't find it, go to your parents. If your parents can't help you, go to the leaders of the church. But move forward, because those doors are going to open. God's, you know, move forward in faith, because God wants to bring you on the other side. Don't just sit there and just muddle, but move forward. See, that's why Jesus came. Jesus came so we could have continued fellowship and not just sit here in our little box and just muddle, just muddle, 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 but move forward in faith. Trust him. I'm not sure how all this is going to come out, but he's, I'm going to move forward. And so we move forward in faith and faith. You know, this morning I told the Lord, I said, God, uh, this is, you know, this is your thing. I'm here. I'm just your servant. I mean, you're going to need to take care of it. You know, it's not mine. It's yours. You know, you're going to need to talk to those young people. Lord, I can. I mean, (laughs) I mean, somehow you're going to use me. I know you will. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure what I'm going to share. But Lord, you're going to do it. And so I just embrace him. And I found a rest. And then, there he came. There he came. That's why Jesus came. That's why he came. It's past time to close. But if I could, if there's one thing that I could just encourage you youth, don't settle to just sit there and muddle. Don't settle for that. You found yourself, you know, there's different things that I shared in the beginning where you might find yourself, step forward, do whatever it takes to come on the other side. The Lord will help you.